Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Good morning. Championship Sunday. And it's Hardline here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Joe Beamer and Brenda Alacy with you until noon. And do we have a packed, and I mean packed show for you this morning. No other way to do it, Brenda, on Championship Sunday than the way we're doing it this morning. This is one heck of a pregame show, Joe, and it's, you know, I don't know about you, but the time to 640 can't come fast enough, so I am really thrilled to be here with you, with our audience, to talk to some of the most current newsmakers uh, in the community right now. We'll have Dr. Raul Vasquez on in just a moment, and later, uh, Erie County Executive Mark Polenkars, and the second hour, it'll be Congressman Brian Higgins, followed by two Erie County legislators, Frank Todaro and Joe Larigo. So... A lot to get to, and uh, as the saying goes, a lot to unpack. That's right, Brenda. And, and as I said it on Randy's show, and I'd like to say it now here, hey, I've had my criticisms of the county executive. Uh, I've said it on this show. You've heard me while I've been fill, while I fill in for David or Tom. Here's the thing, though, and as Brenda has said, this show is to get information to people. So, of course, I'm going to bring up criticisms I've had, but I'd rather get the information out there. You know, the, the vaccine rollout right now, there's an obvious issue that in Erie County, that's what we're going to talk about. That's what we want to focus on. And Brenda, that's something that for me hits close to home and I know hits close to home for uh, many in this county. So I just wanted to put that disclaimer out before we get to the uh, 1030 interview. You know, that's the thing, Joe. Politics is a rough and tumble game. There's no no uh, mistaking that. And uh, polling cars, Higgins, the legislators, the doctors, everybody we talk to, who are in the public eye and choose this career uh, in public service, know that it's a rough and tumble game. So my goal, and Joe, I think you and I agree on this, week in and week out on this show, is to have a reasonable discussion with people who are in the news. And that's what we propose to do. It's not that we're going to agree or necessarily, you know, feel like you're going after somebody. It's to have a, you know, public discourse, a civil discourse, something that we talk about on the show all the time, how there really is a lack of that in today's society. Yeah, believe me, so our, our goal is bring not- it on. Our goal is not to turn it into what happened two weeks ago with Nate McMurray. That is not the goal of this show. Now, that might be my goal when I fill in during the week, but that's not my goal on this show. Right, right. Well, we're looking forward to having Dr. Vasquez on in just a moment. Is he there, Joe? Yes, yes. Folks, as you you know, I'm working from home. I can't high-five Joe yet because he's back at the station in Amherst. Uh, So life in a pandemic goes on, but thankfully we have the technology to make this work. 
And I am thrilled to have for the first time on the show, Dr. Raul Vasquez, who is the founder of G Health Enterprises in Buffalo. Doctor, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Nice to have you on board. And uh, Joe Beamer is here with me as well. And Doctor, uh, for folks who are unfamiliar with what you do, uh, you founded an organization several years ago called G Health, which encompasses a number of other uh, companies within that umbrella. What is the purpose of your your agency and your company? So, I mean, G Health is an umbrella, but it's really urban family practice. So we've been in practice for the last 24 years in the inner city uh, and basically providing family practice services. G Health is just an umbrella, so we do more care coordination and we address social determinants of health, just other issues that affect the community besides health. So with the pandemic, it has to be a, a, a challenging, of course, time to care for your patients. What has the response been in the communities you serve? Is there fear about uh, the vaccine? Is there um, a good understanding or perhaps a lot of uh, misconceptions about what the pandemic is? What has your experience been over the past year? I think all of the above. I think the disease itself from the testing portions back in March uh, were, you know, a lot of people were just worried about, the, the, you know, getting diagnosed. What does it mean for them? But with the vaccine coming out now, I think it's also added uh, more, you know, people are just more concerned about the shot itself. Uh, you know, just a lot of the misinformation that takes place, not only on the web, but but but, but they're reading about uh, with regards to getting the actual COVID from the injection itself. I think these, those are the things that we, we run into a lot. You know, Doctor, your, your uh, practices serve the communities on the east side, the lower west side. Many people are in the minority community, and there's been evidence that uh, people in the minority community seem to have a different reaction to uh, the coronavirus. Uh, have you found that to be true? Is it perhaps more severe in the black and brown community? Yeah, I think I think that's the case, but it had to do more with living environments where you're having more than one generation often living in a location, not having access to good primary care as a result of having, you know, so you would have more chronic diseases that are not controlled, hypertension, diabetes. And I think the, the essential workers that, that are working in certain areas are, you know, they had to go to work. They didn't have an option. And so all that stuff really affected uh, those communities. Not only black, you know, not only black and Latino, but also the Native Americans. And also, doctor, the the big thing, I guess, is education. So, with your locations, and and I would like you to explain how can people reach you. Uh, I know you have a place on uh, Jefferson on Niagara Street. It, can people just come into the clinics? Do you have a phone number that they should call, especially because of the situation we're in with uh, limiting social exposure? Yeah, I mean, we have our, our, our number is 8820366, which is our general office number. You know, we're not only, you know, we started opening up in terms of seeing patients in the office, but we, we're also doing a lot of telehealth, and we started doing telehealth back. We've been doing telehealth since 2017, so when March came around, it wasn't a big shift for us, uh, especially if, if we're going back to the way doctors used to be. So if you're sick, we'd rather manage you outside, not bring you into the office. So, we're, you know, we have uh, COVID testing that's outside the building, and then we just telehealth. And if, if, if patients get worse, just really managing them by, by way of using those type of um, modalities. Uh, if not, then, then, you know, we're screening patients, and if they're 
temperatures are controlled. Uh, we, you know, right now we, we, we did do some vaccinating when we had vaccines available, uh, but that, that was an issue all to itself. Now we're opening up again since some of our staff has been. We have about 81% of our, uh, of our staff that's vaccinated now. So, you know, that helps to kind of protect them because I didn't want them to become sort of not only sick, but also infecting patients coming through the door. Uh, we are joined by Dr. Vasquez. If you have a question, 803-0930, star 930, the Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board open at 803-0930. Doctor, you might be surprised to get this question from a millennial, uh, but, you know, the telehealth and uh, having a doctor's appointment over the phone or using, you know, um, a Zoom meeting, to me, I feel like I'm not getting a full doctor's appointment. Can you explain to the listeners what that entails for those that might be a little weary of going through with that? Yes, yeah, so there's different levels of telehealth. I think what we often do is you can send a link, and through the link, patients often will be able to connect and see the patient. So, I mean, the physician will see the patient. This, this is actually not a bad thing. If, if you're calling in uh, for a rash or for other medical issues where you don't know the medications, and you can literally see uh, the patient it's himself. Uh, there's a level two telehealth, which is where we use title care. Uh, and that title care component actually has equipment where you can actually get a temperature, listen to heart sounds, lung sounds, uh, visually see rashes, uh, and really, really um, get blood pressures and, and other modality so it's almost like a virtual visit and you're getting that information that's so important so it's you know there's different ways of doing this and eventually you, you know if you need other testing you're going to have to come into the office but you're giving people and i and millenniums often kind of like that kind of approach so that that's that's the only response i have for that Dr. Vasquez, the, the vaccine rollout has been less than ideal in new york state uh have you been vaccinated and your staff and well, what is your view about the way the rollout has been uh, has been approached so far? So, so you know, what happened with us is we were lucky that Jericho, one of the FQACs, had extra vaccines. So we were able to sign an MOU with them, and, and we took our staff there. So I was able to get 150 of our staff. We have 220 people vaccinated. That, that, that was all that was available. But myself, I was the first to get it. And actually, my wife, who works at the office, was second. I didn't want to, like, uh, you know, lead people into something that I didn't believe. And I think uh, initially, I got to tell you, you know, half of the staff said okay to take it. Half of the staff said hell no. I mean, that, that, that was the response. So people really get scared. Uh, as, but once they got comfortable and they went through the process, we did a town hall before and after the vaccine, and, and people just felt comfortable. And the fact that they were happy they went through that process, you know, they're alive and hopefully – you know, this vaccine, if the data shows, they won't be contagious to other people. So, so the, you know, just being part of that process, I thought, I thought the learning process, too, was if you have COVID and you get the shot, you're going to get sick. That's just typical because your body's recognizing memory cells. So, you know, just learning about what happened. And, you know, right now there's 9 million people that have been vaccinated in this country and only 29 uh, sort of side reactions anaphylactic reactions occur, no one's died from them, but you have to be able to kind of handle those things that are going to happen 15 minutes after the vaccine. So, so those are the things that I would kind of, that we've learned so far with the vaccine itself. 
Doctor, you've had the vaccine, as you said. 30% of New York healthcare workers said they will not get the vaccine. Now, to me, that number is a lot higher than I had anticipated. Do you think it'll be like in your situation where people see you get the shot, see people around them get the shot, see them have the shot and be okay, you know, maybe, you know, feel feel sick for a day or two, uh, but see that the shot was fine. Do you think, do you see that 30% number going down once more people get the shot? Yeah, I think ambassadors, seeing that, that people are not having reactions, I think more information than anything, remember, this shot does not have any COVID-19. It's got a little uh, mRNA, or what we described in a little droplet that goes into a cell, not even part of the nucleus, and teaches your body to build these spike proteins. And that's, that, you know, they're not the real spike proteins, but the body recognizes that and produces antibodies. So now when you get exposed to the actual coronavirus, you're, you're able to attack it. So, so that, that's going to be real important in terms of the question you asked, but it's going to be people just understanding that, you know, that that you're going to be protected, you know, from this. Have you uh, received any word from uh, the local political leaders or uh, statewide about uh, accessibility to the next round of vaccines, doctor? Uh, do they help fund your agency? And so therefore, are you in touch with them? So they don't help fund the agency. So, you know, but we we because we you know, so our practice is we have been giving uh, vaccinations for the last 24 years. So, you know, our expertise is not measles, mumps, rubella. We do pediatric adolescents and adults. So it's what we do. And we have a, a connection to, to the state by NISIS where we transmit data and get it back. I think there's just been a slowdown. We, we requested shots, and we still haven't gotten the ones requested. We did get a redistribution from a hospital that wasn't using them. So they actually gave us 500 shots, which we got rid of in three days. You know, it was basically 1A and 1B. Uh, and we learned a lot about the process, but then that's it. We stopped getting any more. Uh, the one advantage is if you got your first shot, they, they're batching out for second shot so that you're getting it. If you had your Pfizer, it's 21 days. We do the Moderna, so it's 28 days. And then 14 days after that second shot, you should have antibody response to protect you. So, so those, those, the one thing I forgot to mention, too, is we know, like with anything, that there's always something that happens. So... With the flu shot, if, you know, we have very rare cases of Guillain-Barre, which is a certain condition, but it usually develops six to eight weeks after the shot itself. So if you're over that timeline after these vaccines, that's it. I mean, you, you shouldn't have anything other than that. And that's how we kind of manage and, and really track vaccines. But our primary care, tracking it in the medical office, it's important not only to make sure you get the second shot, but if any adverse effects happen, we see them and we can identify them so that, you know, we're tracking these individuals a little closer. Not what we see sometimes. Uh, you know, pharmacies are great, but you have to have you, you should have a doctor managing some of this outcome. Yes, I would feel much more comfortable being around an MD uh, and no disrespect to our pharmacy friends. But, you know, this is such an unknown for many people. In fact, one of our texters brought up how Hank Aaron, uh, who just passed away, had a COVID uh, uh, vaccine shot a couple of weeks ago and uh, was you know, relatively good health considering his age. And he died. Uh, is there any concern, Doc, when you hear about some of these high profile people passing away? Could there be a connection between the vaccination and their death? 
So, I mean, that's being investigated. I know the data we have is that there was one physician in Florida that after a, uh, 16 days after getting the actual Pfizer uh, vaccine, uh, died from an autoimmune disorder where they developed some low uh, blood platelets and had complications. So whether, you know, that's attributed, that's being investigated, but you're going to have a lot of individuals that are older uh, in nursing homes that are going to die from other conditions, not often related to the vaccine. So you have to really tease this out to get a better idea as to whether that was a cause or not. Because, you know, you've got a vaccine and something happened. That doesn't mean that it was caused by the vaccine. So there's going to have to be a lot of uh, analysis on this and the data. And I, both companies are actually reviewing that stuff before it comes out. Doc, before we wrap up our segment, I uh, wanted to ask you about masks. Even though you and many of your colleagues have gotten the vaccine, are you still advocating that people wear masks? And are you wearing a mask every day? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I, I have to wear it. I know it's uncomfortable to wear it, but yes. And and we don't know, like I mentioned, whether the vaccine will be like the measles vaccine. So once you get vaccinated against the measles, uh, the that 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 actual response that you get kills off any infection from you giving it to someone else. So right now we don't know that with COVID. I'm hoping that the antibody response will be a longer, and it would also cause. Uh, the T cells to kill the actual virus. So you're not infectious once you get the vaccine, but we don't know that. So for now, we need to kind of follow the precautions, social distancing, mask, hand washing, uh, just to play it safe till we get the data. Well, I wish you well uh, as a frontline uh, healthcare worker. It's got to be an uh, additional stress that you deal with day in and day out on top of an already stressful situation. Uh, just being in the medical field. So I wish you well, doctor. And again, how can people get in touch with you and your staff at uh, G Health? Yeah, they can call Urban Family Practice. Our number is 882-0366. Again, 882-0366. Dr. Raul Vasquez, thank you so much for your time this morning. And we look forward to talking with you again here on Hardline. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks. Thank you. Much more to come, including Erie County Executive Mark Polencars, right after the news headlines here on WBEN. Well, thank you, Alan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Welcome back. It is Hardline here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Joe Beamer and Brenda Alacy with you on Championship Sunday. Yes, shameless plug. If the Bills win tonight, I will be on the air taking your calls. What this means, finally getting back to the Super Bowl. And for millennials like me, it's, you know, the first time remembering. I don't remember the, the, four, the four Super Bowls. I'm a little too... Uh, little too young for that. So hopefully we'll be talking with you this evening as well. Right now we are talking to County Executive Mark Polencars. Mark, good morning. Morning, Joe and Brenda. Hope all is well. Thank you for joining us, Mark. Great to have you on board. It's good to be back talking to you, Brenda and Joe. Joe, how's the Virginia Tech? They look pretty good. They looked good. Uh, you know, we'll just forget that yesterday happened. Uh, <laughs> they look good until they're ranked, unfortunately. Um, Sounds like a lot of teams I know. <laughs> we will definitely get well, the last five minutes of this interview will be a Bills uh, preview. And I also want to ask about those crab cakes from Maryland as a huge crab cake fan myself. But first, Mark, this was uh, inauguration week for President Joe Biden. Four years ago, I was at the inauguration of President Donald Trump. I know you wanted to be at the inauguration this year, um, but obviously because of the pandemic, watching it from your office. Uh, just tell us your thoughts on the uh, first few days of the administration. Well, first off, it's it's good to have some normalcy back in the White House where not every day is an emergency. And what you have is an administration that's dedicated to addressing the issues associated with COVID-19, as well as the economic recovery for our country. The administration has put forth a plan uh, to spend over a trillion dollars on all different types of areas, not only direct response for COVID-19 and vaccine rollout, but to help small businesses, to get money into the hands of those who've been laid off, to help local and state governments. So, it, I mean, it's about time that uh, we actually have an administration that's dedicated and focused to the COVID-19 issue. I don't think you can say that about the Trump administration. Even Dr. Fauci kind of said that this week. It's going to be a while. And the one thing the president said this week that maybe people don't want to hear, but we have to hear, is uh, it's going to take a while to continue to get the vaccine rolled out to our nation. And unfortunately, there are still going to be many people who die. I mean, at the rate of death that the state is, not just the state, excuse me, the United States is seeing right now, more than 100,000 of our fellow Americans will die in the next month. Many of those individuals haven't even contracted COVID-19 yet. And that's why it's important, as the president said, to wear a mask, to follow the proper protocols. I know we're all sick of this. Uh, we we want to be over the COVID, but COVID's not over. So I'm glad the administration's focused on that. It is uh, the, the thing they must be front and center focused on. And uh, I feel that uh, Better days are ahead. We can see a light at the end of the tunnel, but we're still deep in the tunnel is the best way to put it. 
All right, now let's focus locally here in Erie County. The vaccine rollout, um, we had New York State and Erie County clinics. So uh, this is a bit of a loaded question, Mark, and, and I apologize. Uh, but the, the county had to, to cancel uh, vaccine clinics for last week and, and this week. That hits close to home. My fiance was supposed to get her vaccine on Wednesday. Um, but we still see state clinics. Now, wouldn't it be easier if just the state or just the county took care of the vaccines? Well, it might be easier right now, but we need all hands on deck. Uh, there's no way the county can be the sole provider of vaccines for this region. Uh, we actually do a very good job when we have our clinics up. We, we did have two clinics up this week on uh, on two days, Saturday and Sunday, and we know we can get nearly 2,000 people done a daily uh, at each one of our combined clinics. Uh, the problem is we are talking about hundreds of thousands of people who qualify right now uh, for the vaccine in the 1A and 1B category, and we just don't have the vaccine dosage to give out. I wish I had more vaccines. Two weeks ago, we did approximately 7,500 vaccines in a week. Uh, the week before, or I should say last week, we did approximately uh, 5,500. This past week, we, we only had 1,700 doses. So if we get the doses, we can do more. The problem is there's just not that many doses, and this isn't an issue uh, just in uh, our region. It's everywhere. I was on the CBS Evening News uh, earlier this week talking about it, and so was a representative from Minnesota. So was a representative from Los Angeles. They were talking about it in Texas. So the shortages are a national issue, and if we all could get the amount of doses we want, we'd be able to do more people, and we need every uh, all hands on deck doing it. We need pharmacies. We need uh, local community health centers. We need hospitals. We need doctor's offices just as much as we need the New York State and the Erie County Department of Health providing the vaccines. The problem is there just isn't that many vaccines, so they've rationed them off. They've split it up among all the locations. I know pharmacies got about 3,900 vaccines in Erie County this week, but I know because of a glitch, Cattaraugus County got no vaccines this past week. I've been on a couple calls with local officials, and Jack Searles from Cattaraugus County is rightfully angry because Cattaraugus County didn't get any vaccine doses this past week. So it's just the system is, has not been working great. We all agree this is not a political issue. We all want more vaccines. You just you can only vaccinate a certain number of people based on the doses you get. The one thing I'm proud to say is that at our Erie County clinics, not a single drop of vaccine has been wasted. Every drop has gone into the arms of someone or it's in a vial in our freezer. And right now I think we're down to less than 100 doses sitting in our freezer. Uh, so I'm very proud of the work that our Erie County Department of Health staff has done. They've done a tremendous job getting vaccines into the arms of individuals and not a single drop has been wasted. If we can get more vaccine doses, we'll put more in the arms of Erie County residents. Mark, what about uh, help from the governor with this shortage? What are you hearing from him uh, and even beyond that, are you hearing anything uh, from our national representatives? Because it seems to me that a lot of other states have had a smoother rollout. Uh, although, as you point out, there have been glitches uh, in other parts of the country as well. But what do you hear specifically from Governor Cuomo's office to help all of us get vaccinated in a timely fashion? Well, the governor's office is saying exactly what I'm saying. Is it just a shortage of vaccines? Uh, last week, New York State got 250,000 doses from the federal government for the whole state. 
approximately 100,000 of those went to New York City, and the rest was distributed for the rest of the state. Uh, and I, we're going to get the same amount of doses this week, too, about 250,000 doses. I mean, New York State's got, what, I think 18 million people. And right now, in the 1A and 1B category, over 7 million qualify in New York State. And in Erie County alone, more than 300,000 qualify. So the governor's saying the same thing. Get us more vaccines, and we'll be able to get it into the arms of people across our state. And I hear this from my uh, colleagues across the United States. Uh, I was lucky enough and honored to be elected by my county colleagues from the Northeast to be the representative on the National Association of Counties Board. There's basically six members of the executive committee that represent regions and then the president of the organization. So I represent uh, all areas from Maine through uh, West Virginia and Maryland on the National Association of Counties Board. And what I'm hearing from my fellow county leaders in all of those states is we're short. We need more. We need more vaccine. Now, every state was given the power to distribute vaccines as they saw fit. So they didn't all follow the same protocols. They did not need to say, "Okay, we're going to do this group first, then that group second, and this group four, a third and fourth. I mean, Florida went straight to seniors. West Virginia completely ignored the CDC recommendations and just let their pharmacies do it. So uh, every state was allowed to do it differently. So it's tough to do an apples-to-apples comparison between states because they all were allowed to do it differently. It really is an apples-to-oranges. But the one thing I'm hearing from the representatives of these counties and these other states are we just don't have vaccine. If we had more, we'd be able to do more of our residents. Mark, obviously the pandemic has been a huge issue in all of our lives, but uh, the the region is losing jobs, it seems, at a really unprecedented rate right now. We had a slight rebound, and now uh, the jobs are being shed yet again. What can we do to help people who are still trying to, uh, you know, maintain their their life in this pandemic? Uh, We have a lot of talk about restaurants and the closure time at 10 p.m., have you changed your opinion on that at all, uh, the way things are going with the restaurant and hospitality industry? Well, the one thing we've seen with restaurants is restaurants pretty much shut down, except for a very few small after 10 o'clock anyway. It's the bars that are generally open after 10 o'clock. And usually bars are, are areas where you're going to get community spread because people generally are walking around milling about uh, without masks on. So I still support that proposal. Uh, Because we are seeing community spread. It's not like we don't see it. We still see it. Uh, The problem is it's the economy is is something that we've been addressing for quite some time. Of course, Erie County provided up to $19 million of CARES Act funding for small business relief. Uh, It's something I'm proud of. Not every region did that, but we were able to do that. So we gave $19 million, and, and, and bars and restaurants actually received a fairly sizable portion of those. Uh, it's it's not easy. The one thing we've learned more than I probably knew, and I think most of the people in our local economy knew, was the percentage of people that are employed in bars and restaurants and other hospitality in our region is higher than pretty much most other communities except those that you would consider uh, high tourism locations. Uh, we do not have the same amount of percentage of employees as Orlando, like Disney World, and uh, Universal Studios in that area has, but we're just below it, and we're very comparable to Las Vegas. Now, we have a great tourism environment, but we're not Las Vegas. And one of the things that we've learned is there's a 
high percentage of people who are employed in businesses that basically are in tourism and hospitality, restaurants, bars, hotels, uh, arts and cultural institutions, so to speak, uh, then we probably should, based on the community, our size, and our requisite amount of tourism that we get. And we've learned that the hard way because there's a lot of people who lost their jobs. So now what we're trying to do is a number of things. First off, we want to get people back to the work, to the job they were in. We know not all those jobs are going to exist in the future. So we're working on what's called an upskilling initiative with others, in which we will train individuals for the other jobs that exist. One area that actually has grown in the last year, most people wouldn't believe this, but our manufacturing jobs have actually grown in the last year. We have more manufacturing jobs in Erie County in the Buffalo, Niagara metro market now than we did at this time last year. So we have areas of growth. Just not everybody uh, is employed in those areas. And what we want to do is we want to make our economy more equal. Our manufacturing should not be heavily outweighed by our tourism portion of the, of the economy when we don't have the, uh, the size tourism base to succeed like some of these other areas do. So we're working on upskilling. We're working on trying to create new jobs in these high-paying uh, environments like manufacturing. Uh, and I think we're succeeding. You're going to hear some pretty good announcements in the next few weeks with regards to uh, ECIDA projects that we're supporting. Uh, but it also requires a lot of these people to not only change their career, but to get the requisite uh, uh, educational experience to do those jobs. So that's why if you go to my uh, Twitter page, you'll see something I posted recently about our upskilling initiative so people can get the training for the jobs that exist today. Uh, we are speaking with County Executive Mark Polencars on News Radio 930 WBEN. Mark, I want to go back. You rightfully called out the governor for keeping most of Erie County in an orange zone while numbers around the state were still going up. Now, science shows us, the science that we've seen, um, that the spread in restaurants that are, are, are following the guidelines is less than 1.5%. Uh, would you make the argument that it's probably safer for people to go out to a restaurant than have people over to their house? Uh, well, it depends. As long as they're following the rules, uh, in all likelihood, it probably is a little safer. Uh, the, the issue is when people have people, uh, friends over their house, family over their house, if they haven't been around them for a while, if they're wearing masks when they're at the house, it's probably just as safe. The issue is people, when they go over to their friend's house, don't wear masks. <laughs> I go over to my parents' house occasionally just to see how they're doing. But when I do, I wear a mask. So here I am with my parents. I'm wearing a mask. And, and, and they're just, I mean, they're like, well, Mark, you know you're safe. You just got the test three days ago. And I usually get a test, a COVID test, like once every 10 days or so. And I go, yes, Mom, it came back negative, but I may have caught it in the meantime. Uh, so I just want to protect you. So uh, what I say to folks is the small gatherings, no matter where they're at, can be dangerous if you're not wearing masks. If you're at a bar and a restaurant and uh, you are around a group of people who do not have masks on, it's just as dangerous as being uh, at uh, someone's house. So th there's no foolproof system. The only foolproof system to avoid catching COVID is to stay in your house for 24 hours a day, seven days a week for the rest of your life. And none of us want to do that, <laughs> nor should we have to do that. So what we're trying to do is tell people to be responsible. Wear a mask when you're out in public. If you are going to go to a restaurant, uh, if you don't feel like they're following COVID protocols, you're better off just walking out. 
than staying there and potentially getting ill. We are aware, it's, it's not to say it doesn't happen, but we are aware of individuals who appear to have caught COVID while going into an eating establishment. It happens. Does it happen all the time? Of course not. But is there a 100% foolproof way to ensure that an individual is going to be safe short of staying in your home? No, there is no way. All right, Mark. Now, if you don't want to answer this, that's quite all right. But I have to ask, what is going on with you and Stefan Mihailu? It's it's the back and forth that never ends. And we had more this week. Uh, you sent a letter to the uh, comptroller. Well, I didn't just send a letter. I sent a letter with the chairwoman of the Erie County Legislature. We'd received numerous calls and reports that the controller had been in Washington, D.C., and we just asked him if that's the case. He said he was not. Okay, story over with. Uh, the controller, as you know, writes about me all the time. I mean, I, I don't know what's up with him. Uh, I don't understand what he's dealing with. Uh, he sent me a cryptic text yesterday. For the first time I've received a text from him in over a year, I was cross-country skiing, and I guess I'm on his mind all the time because he sent me this weird text, which I shared with other people. I just want him to do his job. Uh, one of your colleagues from uh, Local Channel 7 did a story about the amount of hours that uh, I put in and he puts in, and I work very hard. I'm in the office a lot. Uh, it's not uncommon for me to be in the office on the weekends, and I think it's important that the people of Erie County know they get good value from me, uh, the controller. If he wants to criticize me, he has the right to do it. I just wish he'd focus on the issues. Uh, if you'll notice, the controller's office doesn't really publicize the audits that they do, uh, the audits of county government. Uh, there's a reason why, because when they do audits of county government and the departments and the divisions, they're clean. I mean, I run a clean administration. We follow the rules. As a former controller, I know what the accounting rules are. We follow them. And you don't hear about those stories because when he issues an audit, it's pretty quiet because there's nothing to criticize my administration about. Uh, I do my work. I know what the controller's office job is, and, uh, and, and I know how it, the office should be run. And we can have differences of opinion on policy. You said that, and, and Brenda said that earlier at the beginning of this program. We can disagree on policy, but uh, we still need to work together to create a better community, just like our Colleagues in Washington need to work together to create a better country. And uh, Mark, any- Mark, do you? I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you, I, I'm done. You can continue. I was just curious. Do you care to share what the text was about from uh, Mahalu yesterday? It was a link to a Buffalo news story from two years ago uh, that was dealt with. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a threat. Uh, I, I just look at it this way. Uh, I just find it interesting that he sent me a text for the first time in more than a year. I'm, I'm cross-country skiing at Spragbrook Park, and I look at my phone afterwards, and there's a text from the controller. I, 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 don't, I don't know what's going on with him, but uh, I do know that uh, I have a job and a responsibility to serve the people of Erie County, and, and that's what I do. I put my time and effort in it. I spend a lot of time in the office, so much so that my staff wishes I would get away. <laughs> but... Uh, we all have a job to do, and, and I'm doing mine. I think it's fair to say that you and uh, Stefan Mihailu will not be breaking bread any time up until 10 o'clock or before that. Um, but it, it just strikes me, as an Erie County resident, it's difficult to see this kind of uh, friction happening with two high-profile uh, county employees, county representatives. 
And I know how disturbed you were, and I certainly was disturbed by what happened with the insurrection on January 6th in the Capitol. Uh, I don't think it serves any of us well that there's this constant friction and infighting. Uh, how do you how do you think you get past this? And so, you know, we don't end up having more problems and more uh, discussion focused on pettiness rather than the real problems that we all face. Well, the one thing I will note, I mean, the Office of the Comptroller and County Executive are just, they're meant to be separated. Uh, and it's always been like that way, whether Alfreya Solminski was criticizing uh, Ed Rutkowski or Dennis Gorski or Nancy Naples and Dennis Gorski and Joel Giambra or myself and Chris Collins, but it never really got personal. It was always, here's what we believe with regards to the finances of Erie County. Uh, I don't understand what's going on with uh, the controller with regards to his almost daily attacks on me. I mean, I, I don't understand that. I mean, Chris Collins and I, uh, we, we had differences of opinion on a lot of things, uh, but it never got this blood-curdling nastiness that I can remember. We just did our jobs, and we disagreed on a lot of policies such that I ran against them for county executive. But on the night that I defeated them, I, re- I just reminded everybody, when I thanked Chris Collins for his service to your county, people started booing. I'm like, no, don't boo. It takes a lot of guts to run for political office. It takes a lot of effort to do these jobs. And uh, we don't have to agree on policy to realize that we're, there's a reason why people run for office. It's they try to create a better community. Now, you can disagree on how you get there with the policy, but you shouldn't criticize someone um, just from a, a deep personal hatred. Uh, even my criticism of the president, Trump, that it was, was based on what I thought were policy decisions and decisions that I thought were bad for our country. It wasn't a deep personal hatred of of Donald Trump. Some people have that hatred of elected officials. I know a lot of people have that hatred of elected officials. You see it uh, on both sides. But what you have to do is realize that there are certain aspects that uh, you can disagree on policy but not uh, do it in such a personal manner that it, it ends up, impinging the ability of people to do their work. I'm going to continue doing all work that I can on behalf of the people of Erie County. They've given me the privilege to serve. This is my third term. Uh, I still have three more years, including this one, left in this term. Who knows if I'll run again? Uh, But I'm enjoying doing the work in what is a very, very important time dealing with COVID. And uh, I feel privileged to be able to work with my team to try to solve what is the crisis of our time. And that's uh, solving the COVID-19 issue. When you have time to reflect about COVID, it's been a good solid 10 months coming up on a year about how our lives have changed so dramatically. Do you think uh, there are certain things you would have done differently, for example, Mark? And, and, you know, obviously it's a very fluid situation. We've never been in this situation before. But do you have any regrets about, say, the gym closures, the restaurant closures, uh, salons and so forth, uh, the, the deadlines of 10 p.m.? Um, without a whole lot of data that people have been uh, able to research for us to understand why these things that appear to be arbitrary sometime uh, have been put in place. When you have those very rare moments to reflect, what would you have done differently? Uh, I don't know if I would have done anything differently other than try to save more lives. More than 1,300 Erie County residents have died from COVID in less than a year. I don't think we had our first COVID death until... end of March, early April, 1,300 people died. 
And we know the vast majority of Erie County residents have not caught COVID. Uh, so the, the, most of the people out here have, have not caught it. Think about that. I mean, people are focused on all oh, this, the, the issues associated with the economy, and I understand that. But economies recover. People who die don't. And it's not just seniors. It's people in their 30s and 40s who've died from this. Uh, I'm lucky. I, I My family has not had a loss as a result of COVID, but I know a lot of families that have, and including some who didn't take it that seriously, who oh, they didn't know anybody had COVID in the spring. Summer was quiet. We didn't have that many deaths. We still had a few, but we didn't have that many. And then it exploded in the fall as it was projected to do. And then a lot of people I know uh, know somebody or caught COVID themselves, may have been in the hospital or lost a loved one, including someone of a younger age. And just in January alone, we've had at least two people, and I think maybe a third now, who died from COVID under the age of 40. So uh, think about it this way, Brenda and Joe. And it was a really good point that I, I heard someone say in the last couple of days. Uh, if we knew that there was a strike of some sort, like a foreign power was going to send a biological weapon to the United States and it would kill 100,000 Americans in the next month. Wouldn't we all rally together to stop that, to find a way to prevent those deaths from occurring? Well, that's what's going to happen is 100,000 Americans are going to die from COVID in the next month. So we need to do what we can to keep as many people alive until we can vaccinate all. So, that's what I focus on, uh, is how can we save more lives? Because there's nearly 1,400 families in Erie County who've lost a loved one in less than a year. And there's going to be hundreds more probably in the next few months. So what can we do to save those lives? Not everybody likes the decisions we make, but they need to understand they were made to save lives. And that's got to be the number one focus. Mark, before we let you go, we did say we would talk about uh, the big game tonight. First, I got to ask you, how were those crab cakes from uh, Maryland? They were the best crab cakes I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, you have crab cakes here, and there's a lot of places that make great crab cakes, but they're the best crab cakes I ever had. It, it's sort of like someone saying, well, Maryland chicken wings are better than Buffalo chicken wings, and we know that's not the case. <laughs> uh, so I, I can say it without any qualms that the best crab cakes I ever had were the ones that were shipped by uh, my colleague Johnny Oshevsky uh, as payment for his bet. Uh, they were from a place called Costa's Inn, which I guess is kind of their comparable anchor bar type place. But, my God, they were good. And what do you think about the game tonight? You know, Bills, Chiefs, we saw this team in week six. Now, the Bills are healthier. You know, everyone talks about Milano was out and Edmonds was hurt. Well, Josh Allen was hurt in that game, too. He had an injured shoulder. So what do you think about the game in Kansas City tonight? Do you have a good feeling? Where are you feeling right now at 11 o'clock on Sunday? I have a good feeling. I certainly have learned, as someone who remembers the Super Bowl years, never to underestimate an opponent. Uh, After we beat the Raiders, in the Super Bowl 25 year, we're like, oh, we're going to destroy the Giants. They have a backup quarterback. Who's Jeff Hostetler? Well, we found out who Jeff Hostetler was. So I never underestimate a team. I like the Bills. I, I mean, this is such a strong team. They're peaking at the right time. Uh, I like them so much, I made another bet with my colleague from Missouri. 
Frank White, the county executive out there, who uh, baseball fans will remember, is the Frank White from the Kansas City Royal years. So I've got another couple buckets of wings uh, on, on our side, and he's put up some of uh, Casey's best uh, barbecue. So I'm looking forward to a big Bills victory tonight and then enjoying some uh, Casey barbecue next week. You're looking for another one of your uh, teams to get another championship after your Dodgers did it this uh, past season. Yeah, this has been a this has been a horrible year with so many things. But at, having the Dodgers win earlier this year was something I hadn't seen in, in decades. And if the Bills should happen to win, uh, it would it would be a huge bright spot from what was an otherwise year. We're just trying to figure out if the Bills win, what 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 our town will do. But as I learned before, don't count your chickens until it's hatched. First, we got to get through this game. <laughs> Mark, if, uh, if they had only run Thurman more in Super Bowl 25, I was there, <laughs> and I still think that's a game. That's the Super Bowl we should have had. But uh, nonetheless, it's been great talking with you. I hope that Frank White has to send you some tasty barbecue in the next few days. And thanks so much for coming on with us this morning. Take care, all. Uh, be safe and well. Wear your mask and go, Bills. Go Bills indeed. When we come back, Congressman Brian Higgins will join the show. That's after news here on WBEN Buffalo. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 